breaking news. Australia pledges $1,400 worth of aid to Ukraine. I'll shirt front Putin. To- to- Imagine Tony Abbott during this, this be- um, period. I, <laughs> it's like the moment I was born for. It's, yeah. Tony Abbott, to his credit, would never no, actually follow up on any what of that we, shit. Yeah, what, no, we're crediting yeah. Tony Abbott here. <laughs> no, you know, he's, sure. he's, just a, what you're he's just a good Catholic, all right? I All right, who do you prefer? To- Tony, Tony, not Toby, Tony Abbott or ScoMo? Whoa. Well, I, I never thought I'd be looking at Tony Abbott with like my <laughs> rose tinted yeah, glasses how, on, but wow. Who would I you mean, who would you actually think would take a swing at Putin? Okay, I oh, yeah, but Tony I can't say I like yeah, Tony I'm Abbott. not saying like that you like him. I'm saying it's a it's a relative thing. Which at least one? he's a known quantity. You can it, give like, like he, he's gonna say the wrong thing in public because he actually sort of believes that. With yeah. like Scomo, you know it's like there's nothing. No. <laughs> it's He's either planned it for seven weeks beforehand, or he's saying it off the cuff and it sounds like a dumbass and pronounces the words wrong. God, that way put me in this position. Yeah, I've been enjoying the the guys who keep going to Ukraine to join the Foreign Legion. Right. And then immediately, like, they get their passports destroyed and they're like, oh, wait a second, what I is this? Back now. I thought that we were going to use my, my, my military history knowledge, my extensive knowledge of Band of Brothers, and I was going to be like a general or something, and they're like, no, I just forget. see that sniper fire over there, <laughs> see that pile of bodies? We need you to go there, and if you could just like ascertain some intel on whether or not there is a sniper <laughs> firing on that position. All right, and then the pile gets bigger. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of all those guys. <laughs> That's just like a COD game, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I would love to become like a war journalist that, you know, stands nowhere near anything. There was one guy who became a war journalist just because he's been there for like four years writing articles like, why Ukraine's racism is a good thing. Like people openly like mistreat me because I'm black. That's much better than America where they pretend that it's not because you're black. Like even what, uh, IWD, International Women's Day too. Let's add another ID That's thing. Like, yeah. Okay. okay, okay. So, what, what country doesn't have a neo? To be streak? clear, to be clear, an IED is an improvised explosive device. An IUD is a contraceptive device. An IWD is an International Women's Day, which we all celebrated. By the time this comes out, probably a month ago, and uh, IWD was like celebrating the Ukrainian female fighters, and like two of them have just Nazi patches on. Oof. It's like. Could you not, like, are there not more photos coming out? Like, they're like, the, the neo-Nazi problem is tiny in Ukraine. But also every second photo that comes out it's is like somebody wearing, that like, out. Yeah, the, the SS black flag, black sun no, flag. No, that means something completely different. Yeah. No, no, no. When you, it's, it's like the uh, Buddhist peace symbol. When you do the swastika backwards, it's peaceful. When you do the swastika twice so that every single one has an s around it double nazism <laughs> no, no, SS. no that stands for super silly <laughs> yeah okay nazism is a negative but if you times a negative by two all right then never mind <laughs> yeah, this is maths, bro. <laughs> yeah you know what i don't know i don't know how maths works I, i'm just saying don't <laughs> well, of, are we gonna see russian any, revolution any of our listeners that we have managed to cultivate a parasocial uh uh, relationship with please don't fly to ukraine which like it's not going to be a saver, saving private ryan thing it's going to be at best a, a saving private Aryan thing 
Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stay coming up with that one? I misspelled Ryan when I was writing this down. <laughs> we live in like race, number one in the game. We chat us a group, in which comes the land. Perverted inclinations and no operations. Come chance to love it, no wheelie been nation. So, aspiring young jazz drummer Andrew Neiman has been kicked out. Oh. Yeah, so he's out of the band, he's out of the school, he's been expelled, he's got nothing left to live for, except for justice. Or, if not justice, then vengeance. Right. Because J.K. Simmons drove him to do this. Yep. Um, and vengeance, vengeance happens. He tattles. Mm-hmm. He, he snitches. Uh, does he get and stitches? presumably got stitches from the car accident? Well, he doesn't get stitches just yet. He might have some from the car accident, but but not just yet. There there, there are no stitches to be seen as of yet. Uh, instead, uh, he just seems to wander around New York City with his apartment that presumably his dad is still paying for. Did he have a job? Did we see him with a job? Or yeah, he's the like working at a coffee shop or something. He's working at mm. like uh, something. Le Jazz Goulon. What the hell is that? You know, the Jazz Store. He's working down at the Jazz Hole. Google translated it. Google translate it because I don't. I don't know. He, he yeah. He's he's, he's working part time at the Starbucks Jazz Lab, um, and uh, he just happens to be wandering around the New York City Jazz Quarter. I assume is what it is, because he walks in on a jazz night, and who, who should, should be playing? playing? <laughs> but J.K. Simmons. Uh, in an uncredited cameo uh, as J.K. Simmons. He sees Fletcher playing the piano. Like, it is funny that, you know, presumably Miles Teller actually had to learn how to play drums at least a little bit for this movie. Right. But watching J.K. Simmons play the piano... <laughs> Not convincing? You weren't convinced? No, he's just, like, playing one note at a time and then he's like, one, two, three. It was, yes. one, of the, it was one of those player pianos, okay? It was interpretive. He plays like a total of 12 notes and then the song ends. You don't understand, Christian. Jazz is about the notes you don't play. I, I understand. All right. So he the 40 notes that he didn't play were like, those were the real notes. Yes. Sounds like she's hitting a baby with a cat. You have to listen to the notes she's not playing. I can do that at home. Yeah. And so they have a, they have a classic old heart to heart. Yeah. Ex-student to ex-teacher and look i do appreciate how fucking homed in on these two characters this film is like it is claustrophobic as lewin said it, it is very intense because it is, it is essentially just these two characters trying to convince each other that they're both right and geniuses yeah well it's like okay you've got miles who like wants to be a great wants to be a genius and you've got jk simmons who is obviously like I, if, from my perspective, it, it seems like he's on the hunt trying to find the next great. Yeah. That's what he's all about. He gets when you see him get That's emotional he, yeah. and vulnerable. It's like he's talking about ex-students who he th- thought were you he know. He is literally tortured students to death, but he like confesses during this monologue that like he never actually had his next great guy to cultivate. And he's like, imagine what would have happened if the guy who nearly killed Charlie Parker had just been like, good job. So imagine if Jones had just said, well, that's okay, Charlie. I, that was all right. Good job. And Charlie thinks to himself, well, shit, I did do a pretty good job. End of story. There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good 
job. But is there a line? You know, maybe you go too far and you discourage the next Charlie Parker from ever becoming Charlie Parker? No, man, no. Because the next Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. By the way, I've got a new band. Do you want to play in my new band? I would love for you to play in my new band. And you think he's turned a corner. Yeah. It's all going to be sunshine exactly. and daisies. Like I said, it always seems like he is a scene away from redemption. Uh, Alright, we're getting to the climax of the movie now. So, Neiman tries to invite his ex-girlfriend to to the jazz show. He's like, you know what? It's not a bad ambition anymore. It's just... I'm doing it for the love of jazz. I, I just love jazz, and I'm going to show... Fletcher that I could have done this all along and Fletcher obviously really recognizes my talent now that I know that he was just trying to cultivate me to be great I guess I guess I can stand to do this yeah Simmons thinks that someone else dubbed him in for being an abusive prick that may have directly led to the suicide of one of his students I guess uh, this guy was just an unfortunate casualty of war so you know what I'll let him use I'll let him be in my jazz band so yeah Andrew's like Hey, ex-girlfriend. You know, we've all done this. We've all done this before. Hey, do you want to come to my jazz band performance with your new boyfriend? Uh, yeah, sorry I was such a dick. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still obsessed with jazz, so would you like to come to the jazz competition where I'll be playing jazz? And she's like, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'll check with my boyfriend, but no. <laughs> Good call. Uh, yeah, great call. I mean, although that, we see that would be a sick concert to go to. You see that shit going down? That one specific one? Yeah, but if it was just a normal jazz con... Do you like jazz? <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, I enjoy it. I don't know if I could... Oh, I could Would you go to a like jazz two... show? If it was longer than... Two... I'd go to a jazz Where show. Where your ex-boyfriend is playing. But I wouldn't go to like some conservatory performance that's Where... like three hours long. Where you, Lewin, your ex-boyfriend is playing jazz. Would if, you go if, to that if, jazz if, show? No, if there's no heroin or... Um, yeah. Or, you know, good time juice. <laughs> Unless I knew there was going to be some... Of smoke, I'm not involved. Some great character dynamics, like like the one in this. I don't know if I could... <laughs> I don't know if I could stand it. So it's jazz time. Uh, Neiman goes to do the jazz. You know, he shows up to the show, and Fletcher gives this speech to the entire band. These people in this crowd, if you impress them, you will be one of the greats you they will make you one of the greats yeah if, if you do the good i'm about to throw you under yeah if you do good you will always they will always remember but if you do bad they will never forget and yeah fletcher's like these are some of the best jazzes j- jazz stains in new york <laughs> which means they're some of the best jazz stains in the world then he goes up to neiman and he's like i know it was you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you snitched on me. Here's your fucking stitches, bitch. And then he announces the first song called Upswingin', which we've never heard of throughout this movie, which as a natural consequence means Neiman has never heard of ever also. Surprise! And a one, two, three, four, and Neiman just completely fucking cooks shits the bed. I mean, it sounds... He could have played it perfectly, I wouldn't have been able to tell. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, it's like, not that bad. Yeah, like the guy next to him is like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. He, uh, he, he literally can't just judge the beat from what everyone else is doing, so he's just like playing like... Skip about, skip yeah, about, skip. He's, he's trying to scat with, uh, with, with an entire drum kit at the same time. He's like trying to t- put in fills, which actually sound pretty good. Like, they don't, he doesn't sound that bad. But then the song ends, and he doesn't 
It's just like he just plays for another couple of beats and it's just like, oh. <laughs> like he does the perfect, just, oh, like body language. And I really appreciated that. It, it, what it reminded me of, did you ever hear John H. John Benjamin's jazz album? No. It's called I Should Have, dot, dot, dot. And then in an asterisk below at the bottom of the cover is learned how to play jazz. <laughs> and it's just him playing jazz piano, having never played the piano before. Wow. It is an incredible album. Wow. I highly recommend it to everybody. Sounds awful, but I highly recommend. <laughs> oh, it's excellent. Let's play a little excerpt here. how he manages to get the exact like beat that he should be hitting yeah (laughs) it's like almost almost there he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing just without any of the knowledge of how to use a piano it's almost more impressive than playing it correctly i listen to that six times a day um also the butt the butt steer i think is the last (laughs) the last song on that is an incredible song There's so much to explore I feel the need to intercede on the bottom floor well, Can you see me? I'm right behind thee Giving you a free lesson in proctology Well, I fuck ass, ma'am So don't be crass, ma'am Let's just get the formalities and butt slam But, th- okay, so that was pretty much Miles Teller playing uh, Yeah, during uh, Up Swingin' Up Swingin' Up, up Swingin' During, during Log Jammin' Mind the dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Carver yeah, come on in. But hey, he's not going to take this line down. He's well, going to he do his own minute. thing. He's going to go off stage and his dad flees the theater to come and meet him. Somehow he gets let through the backstage entrance and is like, hey, Miles Teller, you know, I'll always love you no matter how bad you are at jazz. <laughs> no matter how unable to improvise you apparently are, Miles Teller does, does, doesn't say a word. He's like, you know what? I think I'm pretty good at jazz. And then he, he turns around and walks back on stage and his dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> should have been like, there should have been an Easter egg where his dad's like, uh, oh, sorry, I can't make it. I've got an interview yeah. with, with this uh, company. They're called the Wayland Utani Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so everything's going to be all right for you. It's it's nice. It's, you know, Lehman... Lehman. Neiman. Neiman gets... Neiman gets a little reminder that, uh, in fact, he does have that li- that important safety net that we all need to succeed in today's Monday world. We all need to have, apparently, like an upper middle class upbringing in the in the in the mountainous regions of uh, I don't know Montana. Where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, the, the sticks. Somewhere. Like they showed the his West. house. His house looked amazing <laughs> for he- a single dad. That guy is pulling it in. Even though he refused to eat his dad's chocolate covered yeah, well, raisins, his dad is no able innuendo. to pull in enough to just go to the movies on Saturday nights with his son. Yeah, well, they're watching Rafifi. That, that's racist against the characters of the Lion King. His name's Rafiki. <laughs> the Lion King remake is racist against the characters of the Lion King. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't approve of how they used Will Smith as the Blue Genie. We all love the new Lion King, don't we here, folks? <laughs> oh, totally. Refuse to watch I don't that understand shit. how... What's his name? Um, large boy. Um, John... John Cena? No. And not Bernthal either. Uh, Favreau. Oh, yeah. How John Favreau goes from making Iron Man movies, the like most oversaturated, like super cartoonish movies, and then he's like, I'm going to remake The Lion King, and everything is going to be dull, grey, and look like a Zack Snyder movie. Crazy. Mm. Oh, he's a pile of money, that's how. Yeah, put as little effort into it as you want. <laughs> Everything's going to be CGI anyway, so are you really going to think that hard about cinematography? I don't mm. think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Neiman's back on stage. And J.K. Simmons sees him come back, and he's like, Oh, back for round two, eh? Well, now we're going to slow it on down. And, and, and Neiman just starts playing. He's like, Now we're doing this my way, you old bitch. Uh, and there's the, nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, and the, the old double bassist is like, What the fuck are you doing? Caravan, man. Follow my lead. We're doing caravan. I'll cue you in. Ready? Three, four, and honestly, the biggest hero of the movie, the the most redeemable character of any character in this movie, the the double bassist, just decides to go like, yeah, all right, boom, 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 and yep, the 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 penis joins in. Congratulations to the penis for just being too socially awkward. Nobody needs any time to like adjust their. They're, uh, like yeah, does you, anyone even have like the sheet music? Yeah. Like that is that is no. If you need to like uh, judge, if if you want a, a further further confirmation that Neiman is not a good character in this movie, like think of what they just did to him in that first first act of the performance, which was just to completely unprompted make him play a song that he's never heard before. And he's just like, fuck all you guys. I'm doing that exact thing to you. I hope you know this one because I didn't learn it until my last two months of jazz college. In front of all your peers. Yeah. And Simmons is, you know, having been interrupted mid-monologue mid, mid to the audience, he's like, fuck. I guess I'm just going right. to see where this is going to go. Yeah, and Neiman just mouthing fuck you at him from the, dr- from the drum kit in full view of the entire audience. It's like... And it's going insane. He's playing drums solid for like freaking 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an awesome thing. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Again, yeah, it is. Like like I said, like the main thing that made me think this is a sports movie is the amount of like blood, sweat and tears kind of stuff that goes into it. Like you see Neiman, like Neiman throughout the movie when he's practicing, there's like blood splashing onto his, onto his drum kit. He's sweating sweat. constantly. He's just like, he's got bags from the amount of sweat that's going directly into his eyes you just can't seem to like this is prime yeah, heroin pretty. addict in the making like he's just dying to play the drum good but here's what everybody joins in yeah jk simmons he's eating it up yep simmons simmons like he starts off he's pissed he's like directing the, directing them because you know half his band's already turned against him we've got double bass we've got the drums and we've got the piano and apparently for some reason he's afraid to just interrupt the performance like he did when Neiman was suffering from like catastrophic car crash in- injuries he's like no nah, this isn't the one that we break up the performance for this one I'm just gonna keep Let's conducting just go with the flow yep 
and you know he conducts the band he's like just staring over at Neiman being like you fucking asshole but he keeps conducting at one point he comes over to Neiman while he's playing and he's like uh I will fucking gouge your motherfucking eyes out and Neiman, Neiman gets a little, a little whiplash for for JK Simmons like hits the, by the, smashing yeah. the symbol directly in front of his face. Wins him over through physical yeah. violence. Eventually, Simmons is like, you know what? I actually pretty much, I, I like this song. Not a it bad tune. Reminds me of uh, me and Leo listening to uh, what was that? Uh, there was a Dead Mouse song that was like we were both talking shit on for like a solid two and a half minutes while it was playing in the car while we were driving to Hungry Jacks and then like halfway through the song we were like I actually kind of like that song (laughs) yeah it's actually a really good song I love that song yeah it was uh Jared Way I think Jared Way and Dead Mouth Five Professional Griefers this is trash (laughs) it was it was back in the classic Skrillex 2013 days in fact that wasn't even 2013 that was like 2011. Were you ever into it at the time, or were you in a uh, marijuana-induced coma? I must have been in a coma. I've never heard this song before in my life. It looks like I'm watching Real Steel. Hell yeah. I've never seen the video clip before. Wasn't Dead Mouse cancelled? They uh, removed him from all the schools in the US. He became kind of alt-righty, as I understand it. Song goes good. J.K. Simmons, he decides, you know what? I appreciate this song. I'm actually into this song. Let's just let's just go along with it. I love it. Is, he he plays it well. Mm. As well. Just those subtle facial expressions. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He He's just goes from life. like, well, after, I think he just goes from shaking his head to nodding his head and being like, mm. yeah, you know what, I like this. Neiman's getting some good fills. He's getting some good solos. But is it enough, Lewin? Is it enough for Neiman? Yes. No, it's not. <laughs> and then and the song ends with a triumphant note. And Neiman just keeps on playing. Like the lights, the lights dim. Every single signal in the world is telling him, "Hey, the song's finished." He don't stop. If you were in that audience, you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on? Yeah. What is happening in this band? What are the dynamics?" But uh, yeah, he keeps playing, and J.K. Simmons is like, "Yeah, what, what the hell are you doing?" Yeah, he's like, "Follow my wait for my." No, cue. no, no. But he says, "Andrew, what are you doing, man? You know, it's a respectful tone for once." Right. And he's like, "I'll cue you." And Simmons is like... Oh, he's in the zone. Oh, all right, well... You could see him get visually, like, aroused. Mm-hmm. And Simmons just backs off into the darkness while Neiman goes into slow-mo mode and he's just hitting all of them drums and sweating and uh, pro- producing liquid out of all of his orifices, which is apparently splattering all over the cymbals, the drums... The, the drums are just dripping with his sweat for some reason. And it's the best drumming in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like the drumming throughout this entire movie is awesome, but this is like, you can tell, like, boom, yeah, it's the next level. Yeah. Uh, I find drum solos a little bit self-indulgent, personally, but I was willing to put that aside for the sake of this drum solo, because it's a, it's a good drum solo. Yeah, if you were the other people playing, you'd be like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. this guy doing? Like, fuck this guy, right? Oh, yeah. oh, where's my solo? And at one point, he smashes the cymbal so hard that the cymbal comes down. And who comes in? Who's who's your Superman? Mr. J.K. Simmons himself. Oh, I was thinking of the guy from Scrubs, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can there's, there's, there's like, yeah, there's, uh, there's a respect there now. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like... I see your point, but it, it's a triumph. It's hitting those triumph notes, okay? Mm. 
So J.K. Simmons comes in, fixes his fixes his symbol that he's destroyed by do, doing drum too good, and that's his, that's the closest you're gonna get to him being like. And he good starts job. he starts directing his his drum solo. He's like got his fingers and he's slow like down, slow, slow it down, down slow it down and and just like the the thing at the start of the movie the first thing we see in the movie the first thing we hear in the movie with the whiplash titles is uh fuck i forgot his name again neiman little wiener uh little wiener going down slow and then he's getting faster and faster and he's getting faster and faster and then he's getting too fast for me to track correctly and and then uh, what's his name J.K. Simmons is like never fucking hit them both hit them both hit them both side to side yeah. and he's like symbols 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 and 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 Simmons is ready he's like come on band get 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 you, get, get ready this this solo has to fucking come to an end at some point so we need you there we need you ready wrap it up boys and uh Neiman finishes his solo and, and uh then in like super slow-mo we see Neiman looking for J.K. Simmons Looking, looking to him for approval, and J.K. Simmons, you just get his eyes really. So he could be mouthing something; it's completely unclear. But he looks like he's smiling, and he's just like, nod, nod. He did it. Was he saying good job? That's that's a central point of uh, debate he, in the YouTube. Yeah, like he's never going to say that because it's yeah, he's not going to let him know he's done a good job. But he does give him a smile and a nod. Okay, that's as close as you're going to get. That's as close to good job as you're ever going to get. There's a all right, back to you, band, and the band is like. After the movie, there's a there's a record producer in the audience, and he comes up. He's like, "I think you've got what it takes, kid, to be the best." I think you've got the raw talent. You come join my band, and I'll shape that talent into something more. And he gives him a million dollars, and he looks happy about it. Yeah, smacked out for the entire time, and then the million dollars runs out, and. Uh, Need some of that brown gold. And uh, then it actually just goes into the plot of Dope Sick, the uh, ah. the Michael Keaton TV show, and uh, he ends up smacked down on Oxy and dead by 2013. A happy ending. Congratulations to uh, <laughs> Andrew Neiman. Just just like we always wanted for him. Is there applause, Lord? We don't need, we don't need, if we don't hear applause. No, there is no applause. Because it's not about the audience's You never even see the audience, really. Yeah, it's not about him becoming a great, him becoming recognised. It's about him finally winning the approval of J.K. Simmons. Which he sort of does. And that's the end. A film by Damien Chazelle. More drums in the credits. Credits roll. It's meant to make you feel good. You don't don't watch this scene. I agree, I felt good. You're not meant to go like, oh no... You meant well, to go like, yeah. What category would you put this movie under, Lewin? In Ooh. the in the glorious theory of the triumvirate, in which all movies can be filed under one of three movies: the cousin, which is there for pure visceral thrills; the nephew, which is there for the the, the philosophical thinker; or the uncle, which is there for outright political messaging. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a nephew because you're supposed to think about it after it's finished and think, oh wait, wait that wasn't second. that was, that wasn't a good ending for him at all, was it? Like, halfway through the drum solo, we get that shot of his dad watching him through the doors. What, what would you, how would you describe that expression, Lord? Oh, the horror. <laughs> yes. That is a Frankenstein realizing the monster he's created. He's realizing that he's, uh, he's, he's supported Andrew maybe too much. Maybe, 
he could have a good he could keep his good job as a Starbucks manager or whatever he was if he wasn't so uh, obsessed with the drums but the metric of how he is the best he never gets applause throughout the movie he never gets applause like the only like validation that he ever is looking for or getting is from J.K. Simmons that, that, that's, yeah, even that's, his even his dad's like as much as I love Paul yeah, Rice, he's, he's like, oh, there's you know, there's always a backup. Like, yeah, there's, you can always not do the drums, please, for the love of God, please stop <laughs> doing the drums. You're scaring me. This is just the story of J.K. Simmons torturing somebody into being his personal bitch, and he and he is victorious. Any sense of victory or catharsis by the end is J.K. Simmons's. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, you can look at that final scene and be like, okay, on the surface, it is like a catharsis where it's like, okay, it's got that classic sports movie feel where it's like they come together, he plays in front of the crowd, he does really well, he's holding his own, great. Mm. But then you look at the deeper layers and you have this, like, in his background, his dad's looking through his the dad window at him. just being like, oh my God. Yeah, but it's not like, I'm so proud of my son. Yeah, it's like, it's, oh my God, what has my son turned into? We need to kill this child. Um, <laughs> no, I, he I looks think terrified. That it, I think that it's present in a way that would at least make it palatable to mainstream audiences to be like ah oh, yeah he showed him but well, he's that's a, not you're the watching that story. end scene again because it is good it's awesome it's filled like filmed excellence excellently oh my it's god exciting. the editing the editing in this movie is so good like yeah, i mean it, did, it, it won the academy award so it doesn't really deserve much more credit than that but yeah it was there's such good editing in it. Like, every single song sounds great. Even the six-minute drum solo manages to come off as like, that actually looks cool. I mean, I'll give it that. I'm shooting on this movie a fair bit, but technically, you. technically, it's like, it, it's almost, you know, it's unimpeachable. It's freaking well, I think, on point. I, don't, I think you shitting on the movie is just validating its point, which is that this is the wrong way to go about everything. You're not supposed to feel like the characters have gone on a great journey together and succeeded. <laughs> like, do you think the movie... But he does succeed at the end. That's no, he doesn't. Thing. That sucked. <laughs> that, that, that was the end of his life as a... As, as, that was his last thread of redemption as a reasonable person. But, I mean, he gets what he wants. Which is J.K. Simmons' approval. That's not a good thing. <laughs> See, it was a good place to finish it. Because it, it finishes, like, literally, he's continuing on with his drum solo, and then it, like, cuts back whiplash. But mm-hmm. I wish there was a thing where it's, like, you know, maybe, like, a jump to the future, and we see that, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, be- you know, maybe he does become one of the greats, but he, he does die. He will die at the age of 34. See, that, that'd, that'd be great. I want to see that. Sure. But in the meantime, it's just the story of him being dominated by J.K. Simmons. Good movie. Yep. It is Great definitely. It's, it's. I mean, it. There's something to be said. It's stayed in the public consciousness, right? A lot of people know this movie for like, what is verging on an art house movie. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised it's got uh you know as much uh, recognition as it has. Weird, Weird Al did a uh, did a parody of it for Funny or Die, so you know it, it was really whoa, in the mainstream whoa. consciousness. It's broken through. Yep. Of him being berated by uh, Terence Fletcher slash J.K. Simmons. Um, oh, great! Just get, give me. I'm so glad they're doing a, a Weird Al biopic. Are they? Yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe is playing Weird Al. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> when the fuck is that happening? I want to see that. Ah, oh, um, yeah. What 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 are your initial what what are your takeaways, Laura? Okay, this is a good movie. I've been. I feel like I've been shooting on this movie the entire pod. Oh. I, I like it. Shit, yeah. No, the Weird, Weird Al has, like, an actual interesting fucking life story. 
Like his did his parents die of like carbon monoxide poisoning or oh, something? For real? Shit! I didn't know. He, I didn't know it'd be a uh, goddamn tearjerker. He still he still went out and like performed that night because he was like, it's wrong of me to deprive the audience of joy because of yeah, it's something wow. something like that. Um, but he's been like, he's been in like big movies, like gun movies. He had his own movie, UHF. Carbon monoxide. We should cover yeah. that. We should cover UHF. What's UHF? Weird Al's movie from the 90s. He had a movie? Yes. I did not know that. I'm pretty sure it's like he runs this video, I mean, like TV station. All right, we didn't... Wait, can we just... Uh, let me just read the, the synopsis. Yeah. No, it's Weird Al. Uh, Yankovic's parents were found dead at their home in California, the victims of accidental carbon monoxide poisoning from their fireplace. He made the decision to... His wife notified him he made the decision to go on with his concert, saying, since many of my music had helped many of my fans through tough times, maybe it would work for me as well. It would at least give me a break from sobbing all the time. Holy shit. That would... Yeah, that... Jesus Christ, that is a terrible quote. Uh, If I didn't have anything to distract me, I would have spiraled into an even deeper depression. For a couple of hours each night, I could go on stage and put on a big fake smile and pretend everything was okay. Yeah, that's how grief, that's how grief, healthy grief usually works. I mean, he got ripped for it, though. Holy shit. That's not a deep fake, is it? No, it's definitely, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's very fake funny. muscles. That's great, him, though. They gave him Hollywood money, and he immediately used it for the number one Marvel expense. But, I mean, look at that poster. With such stars such as Michael Richards, not playing Kramer, and Fran Wait, Drescher. Was this before? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Before Seinfeld, yeah. No, 89? I mean, oh, I meant before the incident. The Seinfeld incident. The Michael Richards incident. The yeah. N-word incident. Yes, Lewis. yes. They're trying to redeem him, but I just think no one's having a bar of it. Yeah, I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm did the, did the best job of redeeming him. At least use, treating it as a joke. How is this a movie? <laughs> Looney Tunes back in action. Alright, well, we got to see. Is that Blackface? Pierre Delacroix is a frustrated African-American TV writer. He has yet to see any of his concepts go into production. He proposes a blackface minstrel show in protest, but it actually becomes a hit. I mean, that sounds ahead of its time, honestly. Released in 2000, directed by Spike Lee. Yeah. Starring Damon Wayans and Jada Pinkett Smith. That sounds surprisingly ahead of its time. Wait, Jada Smith? Yeah. Uh... And Moz Def. Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see that movie. Now. And Michael Rappaport, love that dude. <laughs> the worst actor in Hollywood. Right. Hey, hey, have you, you seen um, Justify? Ma- Men of Honor. No, I have not. I well, think, you missed out. Well, yeah, was Michael Rappaport in it? Yeah, he was. Then nobody has. He played a stutterer, and he stuttered in it. He's worse than Jai Courtney. That's a pretty low bar. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> so got his pretty bad. And he hits it. What do you mean? He played a uh, Michael Rappaport. It always delivers. He Bullshit. plays himself. Have you seen all of the videos he does? Well, he blocked me on Twitter for mocking him, so no. It's freaking hilarious. Nah, Michael Rappaport is a dumb shit. What were we talking about? Oh, Whiplash. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, look, I... Let, let's say that all sports movies, and this is a sports movie, we've decided, uh, by talking about it repeatedly, yeah. uh, fall on a on a... On a 
scale between idealism and cynicism. Yo, Ben Simmons, you got it. Get Sorry, I'll just look at my raffle videos. Continue. I hope you die. Um, <laughs> I hope he dies and he stops releasing videos. Um, yeah, let's say all sports movies fall on a, a, a spectrum between idealism and cynicism. So up on the idealistic spectrum, you've got stuff like Friday Night Lights, like Coach Carter, which is like, yes, all the good stuff, you know, will come. But generally... The underdogs win. Yeah, but generally it's like there's a lot of bad stuff that they at least texture it with, right? Yeah. Now, this movie is obviously down on the other end of the spectrum towards cynicism, which is like, if you want to be great, fucking temper your ambitions. It's, it's going to be fucking horrifying. Uh, yeah, the, the, this is a meat grinder and it's going to destroy you. Yeah, like the messages that go within it. Uh, I mean, I would say that this is more realistic than like even all right, like a blind side, which is like, if you want to be a good, true story, though. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a. But it's. It, would you say that's indicative of every African American player in no. the NFL? It was like, if you want to be good, you have to, you know, cut the toxic assets out of your life, such as your drug addicted mother and your your missing father, and join a nice white family. Yeah, you need to be, you need to appreciate your white family for the football scholarship they're desperately trying to get you. Like, is that? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think this movie is realistic, or like. I'm just saying that that's an idea. Honest portrayal. Just, yeah, like I'm, you were saying, you had all these people, jazz people coming out and being like, "No, this isn't how it goes down." They were saying it's too much of a sports movie for jazz. I'm saying right. it as a sports movie. Right. Okay. But okay, so which do you think has the least worst worldview? A whiplash, or say. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum completely on the other end of the spectrum as far as you can possibly go on the idealism a Ted Lasso which has a worse worldview which well, has the whiplash obviously okay which has a worse worldview for you personally to adopt <laughs> no okay which we're like a more um uh a false worldview sure yeah which is which is truer to life I guess, okay, I guess you'd say this is true in life. Then. Therefore, this is better than Ted Lasso. No, uh, <laughs> no I, just, I just... and mate. I've been monitoring the Ted Lasso discourse again, and it has been not to my... not to the benefit of my mental health. Oh, really? It's just so... F- like, all those, like, yeah, blindside Coach Carter kind of movies... And all those movies have basically been boiled, d- synthesized down into the purest form of of idealistic sports drama, which is but Ted like, Lasso. Yeah, it's like, but that's why people watch sports movies to feel good. I mean, you you don't you're like if you went and watch a sports movie and they're building up this team, it's like they're the underdogs, they're going to win, and at the end they lose. Yeah, you'd be like, oh my god, what a gritty portrayal of what actually happens. You'd be like, no, this is. A- bad movie it fails at filmmaking okay. you set up all these expectations Being like what happened in just cause it's gritty and real doesn't make it good I watch a sports movie cause I wanna feel here's 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 one message of the uh of the Ted Lasso of the Ted Lasso first of the Ted Lasso viewers who think that it's good and it should be taken seriously as a matter of discourse um Oh, it was fuck, based on a freaking what ESPN yeah ad <laughs> it was based on an ad campaign and now all these people are talking about it taking it seriously like it's a fucking documentary portrayal of what life should be like uh, that fuck where is, is it 
yeah, it's 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 all the people who are like, oh, how profound was the line, "What is grief if not love persevering?" from fucking uh, Wonder Vision. Um, oh. I think you're not ready to admit that what really bugs you about Ted Lasso is that men go down on women before su- satisfying their own needs. You hate that women tell men what they want sexually and get it. You, Lewin, feel confident, feel threatened by confident women. That's I, the kind of discourse that's going around about Ted Lasso. What happens in Ted Lasso? Okay, I haven't but, seen Ted Lasso, so... Uh, <laughs> look at the main response to that tweet. Yeah, okay, that's what the, the hell yeah, that's, is Ted Lasso about? It's not what I expected. Is that people are trying to distill it down to some kind of philosophy, and what they come down with is like... Ted Lasso is about men going down on women. What the fuck is happening in this movie, in this TV show? It just makes you want to watch it, to be honest. Uh, I did find the the online bio of the woman, the media critic who made that tweet. It's pretty good. Uh, one of my clients once told me, you're the Pat Benatar of PR. Me? Go on, tell me more. Client. Benatar has a four octave range and can sing everything and sound amazing. But you can tell when she sings rock. That's where she shines and makes others feel good. You, you've got a four octave PR range. You can do everything in the comms field and do it really well. Your work is amazing, thoughtful, smart and strategic. But when you rock, meaning when you work on things you things that are meant to change the status quo, that's where you shine and make others feel like they're part of something big because they are. Me, PR is a battlefield. Oof. That's the kind of people that, that you're. Happened. There's, that's the kind of people that that you're uh, uh, enabling when you when you say that Whiplash. Well, I, I say I like when you say movies. that Whiplash is a bad movie, Lewin. <laughs> final final thoughts on Whiplash. I mean, it's got to be a recommend if you, if you haven't seen this movie. Yeah, it, it needs to be watched. It's a fantastic movie on how not to do jazz, uh, ambition, fame pedagogy um yeah i think like if you go into it expecting the best sports movie ever which it definitely isn't or like the best music movie ever which i don't think it is i think it's a really good yeah movie about ambition and you know yeah and i don't think it's about yeah i don't think it's necessarily about jazz or music or anything like that it it is about yeah yeah, ambition and it is about uh what if Robin Williams in the Dead Poet Society was a prick? Was a prick, <laughs> but they still loved him anyway. <laughs> what What would they do to the school in order to keep him in that job? Um, yeah, uh, it's also my my other final thought. It's a great peek behind the scenes here at We Live in Drag Race, uh, where you know I would be the uh, J.K. Simmons character. Um, being a, being an absolute sadist and, and mongrel in order to motivate the Andrew Neiman character, who is also me, uh, and Lewin is just the uh, I'm the girlfriend. The, you're, you're the redhead sub sub substitute drummer that uh, oh I, I don't want to be that dude. I brought in just to uh, to scare myself into motivating myself to win my own approval. <laughs> uh, that's my final thoughts. Lewin, your final thoughts on Whiplash? When this came out, this had so much buzz around it, and I was I was like, I took me a while to get around and actually watch it. Mm-hmm. As in until this morning? No. <laughs> I have seen it before this morning. And I was like, yeah, this is really good. This is great. This is awesome. It deserves all its praise. It's a hard watch. 
It's a hard watch. It's not. It's not a feel good movie. I felt good. <laughs> that that last. It's sort of like a feel bad movie, but there is a little bit of redemption. Yeah, that last ten minutes is completely engrossing unless you do any like deeper digging in inside your own head about like, is this a good ending? <laughs> I I enjoyed the ending, but this movie is not without its flaws. Well. Well, fuck dis- you. <laughs> agree to disagree. All right. Uh, fi- final segment. Uh, re- reading series or a, a good old uh, lo- lo- crisp, crisp ethics and loose morals. Oh, give me some crisp ethics and some loose morals. All right, loose ethics and crisp morals. I've got, I've got, I've got one of three, but I can't remember where I put them. Wait, here it is under loose. Um. All right. sexual healing sexual healing dear Dr. Lewin oh wait we should put in a uh, we'll put in a jingle for in fact sing sing a jingle right now for for loose loose crisp ethics and loose morals welcome to another episode of (laughs) (laughs) it's not a jingle there's no jazz in it at all yeah, there's like a, you know, sexy poor music backing to this as well. Crisp ethics and loose morals. Your turn. Crisp ethics and looser morals. There we go. Dear Lewin, dear Dr. Lewin. Hello. Uh, I'm a man in my early 20s, and I've been in a stable, loving, monogamous relationship with my girlfriend since we were in secondary school. While she is fully aware of my bisexuality, and seems completely fine with this, I would also consider myself polyamorous, which she finds difficult to accept. I frequently have strong sexual and romantic feelings for other people, which I once brought up with her in an attempt to be as open as possible. I wanted to emphasize that this did not detract from my feelings for her. She was initially, and understandably, upset, but seemed happy to stay with me as long as we remained faithful, in quotation marks, to each other. This leaves me in a situation where we are happy together, but where I am left feeling incomplete. I have never been in a serious relationship or had sex with anyone except my girlfriend. The whole world of casual sex and dating is alien to me. I want her to feel as loved and valued as she deserves, but I want more for myself too. I don't know whether to feel greedy or ungrateful, repressed and frustrated, or all of these things at once. Sincerely, Horny. Horny. Uh, well, Certainly sounds horny. Yeah, it doesn't say that, but that, that's my. That's already Mr. me. Mr. Horny. I'm Mr. already horny. editorializing. I can't help it. My crisp ethics are working into play. Well, Mr. Horny. Sounds like you just want to fuck other chicks. Polyamory is the biggest hoax ever pulled on us, okay? Wow, that's controversial. Yeah, do you want to get cancelled? Um. Or? Yeah, sounds like you want to cheat on your girlfriend and then when it gets put back on you, you put up the fence of, well, I'm just polyamorous, okay? And you can't deny me my desires. Yeah. Which is, okay, it's bullshit, okay? You entered this relationship on on the terms that you'd be faithful to one another and now you want to change the terms. In so she has every right to be upset. Mm-hmm. Well... What do you look... Are, you, are they looking for an excuse to cheat? Because that's what it sounds like. Normally, I try to at least have a slightly different opinion from Lewin's, but I agree. Polyamory is a complete lie and <laughs> bullshit. 
normally Lewin goes with the non-cancellable <laughs> yeah. opinion. What a what a what a turn of events. But I, you know, if you go into a relationship saying like we're polyamorous, and it's like I don't. Yeah, how to? Uh, I I don't believe you love each other, but I don't. I also don't care. It's it's fine. I don't. But if you yeah, if you enter a monogamous relationship, especially when it's well, like this isn't even about love. This is like you just want. The carnal pleasure yeah. of, of bedding it's, another. Oh, that sounds horrendous. I've never been in a serious relationship or had sex with anyone else. I don't believe in casual sex. I, 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 I've never had casual sex or casually dated. Then how the fuck do you know you're polyamorous just because you're horny for other people? Like, yeah. It if sounds you, like someone who's 16. If you want to explore, go for it. But you need to break up with that person first and make it very clear that this is because you are horny for other people so that she knows that you're a scumbag. There's no dressing this up in like, oh, I just have an alternative sexuality and you don't understand. It's no, you're doing something terrible to her, not on the terms that you originally established. 100% Uh, 100 agree. Also, why do you need somebody else's permission to cheat? Because that's clearly all you want. You don't want to leave this relationship. You just want her to let you see other people. You know what? Cheat on her. Alright, that's my advice. <laughs> Cheat on her if you get caught, it's on you. It's a scumbag thing to do, but just don't let her have to deal with, you know, your bullshit. That's that's what I think about all cheating. Everybody cheats. Not me. Lewin? Never. Yeah. Not yet. Damn, I've been missing out then. Uh, we've all had the temptation to cheat, but I, you know... The, the worst thing you could do after cheating is just be like, Hey, I cheated, this is your problem now. Like, no, you find a way to deal with it in your head or break up with them afterwards. Be like, oh, is that something I need more of or uh, not? And you can't put it back on the other person saying that they're not open-minded All right, enough. it's getting too serious now. Let's yeah, this is, this is not joking enough. Come up with a funnier take, Lewin. Um, oh, God. I think everybody should cheat on each other and keep it secret. I think that's... <laughs> in fact, that's my the grand theory on how the world is, always works. That's what's been happening throughout an entire lives. Uh, monogamy is a lie yeah. okay we were never meant to be monogamous Do you, what you think work conferences are just you know a requirement of, of, of most corporate jobs no everybody's cheating on each other and this is just their way to get away with it everybody knows it you just don't say it out loud like oh your, your dad who's a car salesman has gone to the latest V8 engine conference he's fucking his mistress alright that's what's happening biggest scam ever mm-hmm. well what's it called when you can you're only sexually attracted to people you're in love with uh gay <laughs> brain gay i think they call it um but it's like they're trying to be like that's a, that's oh, a sapio, sexual, sapiosexual that's a sexual orientation yeah no wait no maybe it's not sapiosexual no it's something else it's, it's sapio a- sapiosexual uh finding intelligence sexually attractive so that's not right um, I don't know, but that's not a thing. I'm not sexually attracted to somebody unless I like them first. That's what the hell is that? <laughs> Demi, demisexual. That's it. Yeah. People only feel sexually attracted to someone when they have an emotional bond with the person. Yeah, that was a classic. Like I don't think I don't calling that like. Okay, I guess it's a preference. No, that's just being a, that's called be being like, approved. <laughs> But it's to be like, okay, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not heterosexual, I'm demisexual. It's like, oh no, you are almost discounting the the freaking prejudiced homosexual people that to put up with so long. Yeah, that's just that's just saying I want to be different. 
Yeah. At school. I this th- that's literally the season 3 finale of Sex Education is like they're all coming out with their like different identities and wearing them as signs. And one of them is just like I think I'm demisexual and it's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, I think I'm only attracted to people that I'm already in love with. Shut up. What the hell does that even mean? It, it, it really doesn't make sense. So is that the opposite of demisexual? Are you attracted to people that you're you can only have sex with people you're not attracted to? Uh, damn it. I was hoping it was the opposite of sapiosexual. In fact, say that instead. Say it, say it. <laughs> you, you know, I'm not falling into that trap. Wait, it's, what is the opposite of demisexual? Uh, that is... Isn't that what that chick from Titan oh, had? asexuality. Oh, there's grey sexual? Sorry, but I've never gotten in trouble. What have you found? Wait, no, okay, sorry. There's... Allosexuality. Let me explain that to you. You're attracted to some other people. You experience sexual desire for some of them. You fan about you fantasize about sex with other people. You enjoy sex with other people. God damn it. In in my uh film film school <laughs> classes, uh we had we had to review other people's pictures and it, there was one where this girl she was like, Oh, this is my film uh about this girl. And uh, at the start, she's, like, attracted to a guy at this party. And so she goes home and she Googles, what does heterosexuality mean? And then she's like, oh, I'm heterosexual. heterosexual. And then at, the, at another party, she sees a girl and she thinks she's hot too. And she's like, oh, maybe I'm bi. And then she realizes that she's a lesbian. And then she realizes that she... And then it, it like, goes through. Each time, her going home and Googling different sexualities. And then the the final thing is, like, she discovers she's asexual. And I was like... Like, we, you know, you give feedback at the end of each pitch. And I was like, um... Doesn't this kind of undermine every single sexuality that you've just gone through? Saying, like, they're kind of made up and... Yeah. You know, that, that they are phases, if... Like, because this wasn't a system of refinement. That looks like an indictment of modern ideas about sexuality. This wasn't a a, a refinement down to finally being like, oh, I'm ace. This was literally like, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try this. I'm going to put different badges on me and then be like, oh, this is me for this week. Because you Googled it. Because you like, oh. Ace does sound pretty cool. I hope Google would tell. Yeah, I'd love to be an ace. Sure. (laughs) Uh, I'd love for Google to just tell me what I am. Like, I was like, how would you... And she was like, well, this was what happened to me. I, I used Google to find out what I was, and I'm ace. And I was like, what? But you said you were attracted to people Yeah, before. you said you were attracted... What? Yeah, I got... I got not, shoot, that was just the end of the... Like, it just finished. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I'm never going to have a chance hey, to ask a follow-up people's question. People's sexualities are moving targets. I okay? agree that they can be fluid, but there's a difference between that and just being like, oh, here's what everyone goes through when you Google different sexualities and you're like, oh, that's totally me. Like, that's not a process of finding an identity. That's that, that's not a process of discovery. That's a process of, like, researching until you find something that you like. What, what's it called when you're only attracted to Luigi saving the money? The old mascot for WA Salvage. Uh, it's called uh, Sinophobia, I think. It's called a goddamn psychiatrist. It's called Angl- Gold mine. Angl- Anglophobia. Uh, <laughs> what can yeah. I say? I love a hairy eyebrow. Anyway. Um, yeah, my Uber's here in two minutes. Oh, shit. Uh, this has been another installment of Crisp, crisp Ethics and Loose Values. Loose Morals. Loose Morals <laughs> is, is what I meant to say there. With... Uh, 
Chris KKK Christian and LA Williams award winning yeah LA <laughs> shit he's taking it for himself yes, now yes God it's damn too it. good to pass up alright well right, you're right, right, right. alright my, my rides here alright we're we, 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 we.